1: I would chuck this up, Alice, this weekend, as a net positive. Net positive. Fair. Fair. With you, like last weekend, I think we kind of screwed the weekend away. Saturday was a total wash. We didn't do anything, th- things we were supposed to. Um, we were we had great intentions in the morning. A friend of ours invited us over to hang out with them, and I said, "No, no, we're being good today. We're doing this and that and this and that and this and that." Didn't happen. Saturday was a wash. Last weekend we. Uh, we went out to eat, and then like went out to. Whatever. We can't.
2: We are not people who are capable of going out to eat before we get stuff done for the day.
1: Right. Exactly. Just, we
2: need to get our stuff all done that we need to do for the day, and then we can like allow ourselves fun time. Or go out
1: to do anything is really right. Like, yeah. It doesn't no, matter we where. can't.
2: We can't. We have to do the chores first, right. and then the other stuff because the chores never happen. But if this we weekend, do the other stuff
1: first. I would say it was a net positive. Hmm. Um. And um, so that's good. Now, and for one of the reasons why, we'll, we'll get to the reasons why, but I'm going to start with something first that's holy, that's going to make you guys who are on my age say, holy, sh- I can't believe it. Uh, I was just listening to the Fox News Sunday broadcast with Shannon Bream, Okay. Who we love, obviously.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I listened to all of them all, I listened to Chuck Todd, that one, and the Stephanopoulos one. Um, this weekend, so she had the governor of Colorado on, and he was talking about uh, whatever, all sorts of pol- political stuff. But he also had uh, mentioned that he had written an op-ed, whatever, saying that he was uh, optimistic that they would make progress in the John Bonet and Ramsey case. Really? Yeah. He said okay. because of new I, he might have been part of the DA team What do you back think
2: then? about the Jabine Ramsey case? I I don't know if we've ever covered this. I don't know if we
1: have, but Reli- it's, it's even really kinda besides at,
2: the point privately in our relationship.
1: But it's I've scary. been talking about or I've been you know, I I was aware of this. I was actually we flew into for my friend Dana's wedding into Colorado in 96 or 97, whenever they got married. I guess it was 97 or 98, whenever they got married, whatever. And It was kind of on the heels of that happening. And at that point, they were all about about the the woman I knew in Colorado was saying, oh, yeah, we were all young then, saying, oh, yeah, Um, definitely the parents killed her. Everybody knows. Everybody knows the parents killed her. So that's fine. Whatever. But it occurs to me, Alice, and guys, you are going to say, holy, if you're my age, I just for a second thought, wow, that was a long time ago. That was really a long time ago. That wedding was like 25 years ago, whatever. It's a good time. Um, but then I thought for myself, wait a second. If that was like 30 years ago, 30 something years ago, and Jean Benet was like six at that time,
2: how She's much... She's like older than me. No. <laughs> She you would, are only. She would have been. Yeah.
1: You are only three years older than John Bradley Ramsey. Right. That is incredible. <laughs> Should I be in the back of a squad car? No, I. I don't know. <laughs> no, I Should don't I be incarcerated? So.
2: I don't think so. Wait. Exactly what year was she born? She was born, born
1: in, in three years, nineteen ninety.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah. So. Can you effing believe that? Yeah. That so. is
1: Dallas. Don't you have to say things? The guys and women, anybody over 45 will hear this and say, holy hell, that's in- remarkable.
2: Yeah, but I mean, that's, that's like what, what happens when people die is they're like forever that age, right?
1: Are you missing
2: the point here, Alice? <laughs> that you're old? Is that the point? Yes,
1: and you're very young.
2: Not and that thing young. That, not i was not It was a yes, long you are. time ago. Yes, you are.
1: You are John Bonnet Ramsey. No, I'm not. Although we didn't, <sighs> to, to my credit, we weren't dating when you were six. we waited decades later obviously
2: obviously, we weren't uh, dating when i was it
1: just blew me away i can't believe it
2: three years
1: Uh, older oh my god that's incredible it's incredible yeah oh god you effed up (sighs) but i won so that's all matter okay so so that's
2: funny that you say that because can i bring up something else that i saw on twitter today that just like it was just an interesting thing that I happened across that somebody tweeted that I thought was like the saddest thing that I've seen anybody tweet like ever, right? Um. So this guy basically tweeted, sorry, I'm trying to get back to where I was when I did this, saying that like men are all uh, having regrets and like not living their best life and that like he's regretting the guy he dated before you, Right, so this guy, on this just this random person on Twitter tweeted this, but it got a lot of retweets, right? Lots of men live in regrets, but they won't say it. Deep down, they know they'll be happier being with the woman they met sometime in their lives. But you're in the picture now, and they just have to deal and live with you while craving for the woman they know they can't win Mm -hmm. back. Okay. I thought that was like an incredibly sad thing to say. Like, do you think that that's true? Do you think guys are all just walking around out there like pining after the one that got away even after they're married and have kids? And like,
1: I mean... Not pining publicly.
2: But I think just be present in the moment. Like, you can be happy with your life that you have, right?
1: I mean, I don't think... I don't... I mean, first of all, I don't know. Once you are married and have kids, I don't know where you have the time, the pining pine. time
0: <laughs> to do exactly. it. It's the, it's,
1: you're in the middle of a tsunami at that point. There's no time. I think you can think back as as guys and-, and uh,
2: So do uh, you regret, because I feel like, so you have one girlfriend in particular, I think, that was like the girl that you pined after in high school uh, and then kind of made an attempt at it as as adults and it didn't right. work, right? But that was like the fate meant to be one, kind of. mm Maybe. Where yeah, well, it like, I mean, it, it certainly it told that
1: like, It was it a was perfect lifetime movie, because we were... Because you school, loved I her in high school. Yeah, exactly, exactly.
2: And then and then got to make a go at it in college, right. in, not in college, but as adults.
1: As 30-year-olds, th- you're right. You
2: got to convince her that...
1: We ran into each other and it, it was a whirlwind for a little bit of time, exactly.
2: Right. So, like, and that's, that's the stuff, like you say, that the movies are made of where it all comes together and it's like the mm-hmm. happy ending. So, do you ever, like, think about that? Like, that that you know that that could have been your life or pine after that life wishing that that could have been your story and your
1: no i mean it made for a good story while it made for a good story but but most of the the the, the ship was sinking you know after about 5 months the ship was more sinking and i did you know 3 years of damage control um but no it made for a good story or, or a nice and symmetrical story uh but no i we would have been divorced essentially we were essentially divorced i mean we we never got engaged to marry but but pretty damn close But But I
2: think that that's like a lot of what people when people are pining after something, a lot of what they're pining after is a story that they had in their head, not like the actual person or they probably would be with that person. You know that that a lot of times like I don't think it's actually true for the most part that there's like that one true love of your life that got away and that that you're missing out on something by not being with them. And I think that 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 view of your life, that sort of narratively focused view where you have this story in your head and to the extent that your life doesn't live up to the story in your head, you're like disappointed and having regrets and pining after something. Mm. Like I think that that is a distraction from your reality and from like the people that you're around that you love right now. You know, and I think that that's like it's like almost toxic and damaging. That's why I say it was like such a sad thing to tweet to me because it's like this person saying they're in a relationship now. Right. And that they're that they miss some ex or like have fantasies about some ex. And like it just strikes me as like as weird, like a toxic way to think about your life.
1: Yeah, especially if you have somebody, if you, somebody in particular in mind, definitely, definitely. Now, the only time I ever there was like right after I got on Facebook, like in two thousand nine or whatever. I wasn't dating any after that person, and I split up. I was like in my mid thirties or whatever, and I was, was like, yeah, uh, and and um, and I thought, uh, like, what am I doing? Like, I've I. have i got, i had been, i had gotten into radio by then, so that was good, but then I was like I talked on Facebook to the women I used to know in the nineties and I was like okay, i missed those I wish it was those times I wish we were the it was just nothing nothing was new and I was older and i was no, I had nothing and I wasn't in love and i wasn't i didn't have a really a girlfriend et cetera and, and uh and I did pine for a time, but not for a person in particular uh, whatsoever but um but that was it. You know, there was a time in, in, in those in those late time, you know, when I would think about, like, I wouldn't, I wasn't suicidal, but I would, I thought about, like, like, is that, an, am I done here? Like, should I just <laughs> wa- just do? The way I,
2: you say that is so weird. Uh,
1: no, because I used to, I, I, I thought like, oh, I like, here I am, I'm 36 or whatever. I'm not married. I wasn't, you know. I was dating. I, I was here. I had the I had spate spate of luck here or there, whatever, whatever. As a guy, you know. But I thought like uh, like I just th- like s- things just hadn't worked out as I meant. So I would like just think about sometimes like uh, you know, okay, I'll get up and go to work and that. I wasn't depressed though. I was just, I was just looking at my score sheet and right. saying, I my dad was gone by that time. My mother's really sick and didn't look like I was going to have a family to do this and that and and even though I wasn't like it wasn't horribly lonely I had I had people to hang out with romantically here and there but but I thought like all the great stuff I'm not going to have I so I so I thought like is this is would this be the time to kill yourself? Would this be the, this is, but once again, I wasn't I wasn't really suicidal. I wasn't I wasn't yeah, deeply I unhappy. That was a little more than that. I wasn't bipolar or whatever. But but it was but it, but it, but it would enter my mind, you know, just as just as an element, you know, mm-hmm. because I was there and alone. I was just, I maybe I was just trying to amuse myself or humor myself. Uh but uh, but no, I never took time. Uh, I'm not going to ask you the same question about pining for exes because I assume th- yes. No, I hope I, yes for ta- you.
2: No, I love my life now. And that's like part of why I think it's so sad because I like make a conscious and deliberate effort to live in the present moment and in my life. And like, I think, I think thinking about and pining after exes or like fantasizing about other people is really like toxic to relationships. Oh,
1: yeah. I think that's sad and horrific. I mean, I, I mean I'm i sure that you've been, I know that you have been, and we've both been in relationships where, I was in a relationship in my early 20s where it was meant to be organically very romantic story. She was kind of like you in a way, in the sense she very well-educated well-read, etc. She was a wacko liberal, though, crazy progressive. And we organically kind of fell for each other and you know what started with the animus became just etc. and it was like on course it's so interesting and like i think about her now sometimes cuz we were on course she knew my parents everything she fit like a glove into my life she knew my story knew my history whatever had faith in me et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. thought i was funny she was you know i and, and although i was i wasn't doing anything professionally worth mentioning but and it, it's funny because it just got derailed. You know, one year she had, like the third year into which she had had enough of me and I had uh, gained a few pounds and I was just not, like, doing anything, pursuing anything career-wise that was going to better me, whatever. And she wanted to take some time off. And this is right in the middle of our relationship. So she wanted to take some time off. And she was, it was, no, we knew we were going to get married. And we took some time off. And during that time off, I got my bleep together a little bit. By the way, let the record show that uh, the her taking some time off was done under the guise of wanting to take me to lunch. Let's go to lunch, Tom. So we sat <laughs> in the park bench in the Boston Public Gardens. And, and she, she
2: said she wanted and, to take time And off.
1: she dumped me instead of lunch. I was like, this is not lunch. There's nothing about this. And after <laughs> she was done, she asked if I still wanted to have lunch. I was like, yeah, I'm thinking, Good. Well, thank you.
2: Uh, that reminds me, do you uh, know the couple that we know that broke up, but they had already had a vacation booked together, and they went on the vacation together. No. Anyway, after they broke up. No. Um, uh, And they were, like, posting about their trip and, like, hashtagging, hashtag breakcation, and it was horribly awkward and painful for everybody who observed everything about it. No.
1: But, uh, but, um... <sighs> But that's terrible, actually. That's yeah. terrible. Who are they? Are they from here or from Melrose?
2: No, it's a person that uh, you mostly hate follow.
1: Oh, okay. I think I know. Which- oh, yes. That was pathetic. <laughs> you don't remember that. Okay. But anyway, for this person in my mm-hmm. early 20s that my parents all thought was, that was all set, this was the person, et cetera, mm-hmm. she took this break and I took a break. And during the break, I flourished. Yeah. I, I mean, I met all sorts of people. I met other women. I met... Uh, I I had fun. I, it was whatever. And then she came back and said, okay, Tom, I'm really happy what you've done with yourself. Let's give it another shot. And it just was not there anymore. You
2: were like, oh, no. Yeah. Cool. It was
1: weird because had she not done that, then it would have been... It, we would have been together and right. done the thing. And she was destroyed emotionally destroyed she was crying to my brother she was absolutely devastated i seriously i think that she's still not married she's she'd be now in her early 40s mid 40s i think seriously alice that i destroyed her soul (laughs) i'm serious
2: but that's the thing thing is that you can't like i just honestly feel that relationships are binary you're either in them or you're right. not and there's no like taking a break i'm not sure i'm also 30 thinking about this other person there's not like i i don't think you can have a relationship that works like that mm-hmm. where there's like that stuff in the way i think you have to be all in and 100 committed to it or it just doesn't work because like once you allow that mental space for like oh what ifs right then you're then then you're already breaking the relationship in your head. Right. And like relationships are something that's in your head. You know what I mean? Like they're there's <laughs> something that exists in your head. They're like a mental agreement that we make to like be together with a person in a way that that can that can easily be broken by a mental hang up.
1: Right. But and also like if the idea of taking a break, I'm gonna see what's better out there. Just but no offense. It's like, okay, (laughs) yeah. Uh, no offense. I guess you looked for what was better out there, didn't find it. I looked for what better was better out there, found lots of it, and now you want me back. No offense. Sorry about that.
2: But that's even the case, like, even... So, and I will fully admit that I, like, have not always been a good person in relationships. Like, I've been a terrible person in relationships a lot of times. (laughs) And, like, I you know, had boyfriends that I cheated on or whatever, and it always, like, it wasn't like you could go back. Like, you couldn't... Nobody could get forgiven, like, because it was always then you're, like... once you cheat, it's like you've already said, I don't give a bleep about this relationship, and now you're asking me to, like, grovel and come back to this relationship and, like, win back your approval to be in this relationship that, obviously, I didn't really want to be in in the first place or, like, would not have cheated. Like, it's just... I. I don't know. Relationships are one of those things that I think are like much easier broken than unbroken, and and I think that they can be broken by even seemingly like small mental things.
1: Oh, totally. Like
2: pining after an ex or whatever. Like I just think, and it's weird because you know I think that there's something that it's like you can't. A relationship is a very real thing, Mm -hmm. right? Like that that thing that you have with another person when you're with them romantically and in particular obviously in a marriage or when you have kids it's like even more so but you know it's it's like this living breathing thing with a soul that's like a a part of who you are right and you can't it's like once you wreck it it goes away right <laughs> and it's not right. back like you can't you can't unwreck it
1: right completely agree so, so, but but we are having a wonderful time. I think our, our relationship now is better than ever. Mm-hmm. And we had a nice dinner tonight at Locals. Where was
2: it? In Rye? In Southport? It Westport? was in Hampton. North Hampton. Hampton.
1: It was fantastic. Great place. Great. What place.
2: a great bar. Yeah.
1: So fun. The
2: Celtics so, game was on. I think it is just about time for me to start getting into the Celtics.
1: But this is one of those. So we had dinner tonight after we went to Odiorn Odeon.
2: Odeon Point.
1: Point Park, which was awesome,
2: mm-hmm. which is
1: great. Saw a gun battery, battery seamen, it, as in men who work in sea. <laughs> no, um, well, um, yeah, okay. uh, gun battery from World War Two. There was awesome. My kind of place. We had a great hike and great. So today was was a good day. After yesterday, which of course was a great day. Mm-hmm. Yesterday we decided to focus in on landscaping because we live in, who we didn't know, but a satellite uh, territory of the Amazon <laughs> where everything grows here cr- crazily. It's true.
2: I think it's because we're close to the river, like right. the Merrimack the, River. Yeah. It's like Everything is just, there's these like mega flora that go but nuts. But I found myself
1: f- caught flat-footed again because we needed to, I needed to get a... Uh, our my ride on lawnmower, the mm-hmm. Husqvarna, it was, uh, didn't start again. The battery is dead. And so we jumped it with the car, and it started with the car, but other, uh, it wouldn't start on its own. So battery wasn't working. Alice suggested that I just get a new battery. You said they were cheap. So I said, all right, I'll try to get a new battery. The bridge is out up here. If you live up <laughs> here, you know what that means. So I went to Plastow, New Hampshire... And to the Walmart because it was a Walmart brand battery. Went to the battery area, no batteries. And then, because the bridge is out, drove the long way to uh, Salisbury, New Hampshire. It was New Hampshire. Seabrook, New Hampshire. Seabrook, New Hampshire. I New Hampshire. You went to next to another Walmart. This is where I was flat-footed. <laughs> I'm looking at the row that says lawn care batteries, where my battery would be. No batteries there i'm looking there meanwhile i look over and this this place has its own auto center that's where the batteries are there's a guy at the helm standing there
2: an expert
1: an expert and i'm like oh here we go he's not saying anything he's waiting for me to approach him he's not saying anything this is right up hillary shablo shablo shably <laughs> shably sh- um it and i used to talk about sh-
2: Hilary Chabot. 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 <laughs> what is Jesus. wrong with
1: you? I used to call her Chablis. <laughs> and then her name is Chabot. So then I called her Chablo, <laughs> which is probably not what she wants to be called. But Hilary Chabot. Um, we used to talk about this because this used to happen to me earlier. So now I'm looking at the battery section. I know there's no batteries i going to have. And I see the guy. And I know he sees me looking. He's not engaging me. So He's I've got to go. I've, yes, I've got to go. You know, a prostrate prost- uh, myself in front of him. I said, "Oh, are you um, are you all out? Is that it for for lawnmower, um batteries like that section there?" To which he says, "Well, uh, it's uh, lawnmower mower season." And I said, "Oh, okay, yeah, no, I know. I, I guess I'm late. Uh, I, I but is that is well? Uh, <laughs> there's a uh, there's a big demand for lawnmower batteries in lawnmower season." And I said, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know that. Okay. I guess, do you know when you might? He said, well, I might have him in two days. I might have him in three. And then he stops himself and says, you know, there's a supply chain problem. <laughs> so now I'm getting a effing beat down from this dude who just could have told me that we're out of the batteries. No, 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 no. He's got to make a thing out of it. I've got to get a moral lecture from a guy because I didn't put the time in, the consideration to know... That you don't wait till lawnmower season to get a lawnmower battery.
2: You buy and a lawnmower battery in the wintertime. You get it
1: earlier than lawnmower season. So I right. have to be uh, beat on verbally for this. So yes, he let me know. I didn't know that before. That you don't wait till lawnmower season to ask for a lawnmower battery. And he may you have... Do you want to
2: the- let people know the original of this guy that oh, you yeah, met I will. in I will. the Home and he, so he's, so he's
1: So he's telling me... Uh, so he'll have... And he says, I might get them... It's not, this is Walmart. He says... I might have them in two days. Might have them in three weeks, cause of the supply chain thing. So, so I've effed up all the research I was supposed to have done before I walked in there. So I've I have I have done him a disservice and disgraced myself and Walmart. So I go to another Walmart in New Hampshire, mm-hmm. and I get essentially the same thing. And I'm looking at the Walmart, and I'm looking at the guy, and he's looking at me, <laughs> and he's like, "Come on, come on, ask me." <laughs> Ask, me. Ask me if I have more in the back. Ask me if I'm working. <laughs> I'm like, no effing way. I just got out of there. Even if
2: they have more in the back, it's not worth it because he's not going to go get them.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, I could see if there's something in the back. If you if you want me, to, if you got a couple of minutes, I could look. Look. I mean, don't don't put yourself out. Or they'll call in reinforcements. Like, hey, Tim, can you go...
2: They're yeah, going to have to have somebody get a forklift.
1: Yeah, I know. I know Tim. I know it's lawnmower season. He doesn't. He, he didn't know. He didn't think it through. I told him back about in
2: 2020 like... when so, I had to go get chicken wire. So, so was... anyway, I went to the Epping,
1: New Hampshire, Walmart, and they are lousy with lawnmower <laughs> batteries. No problem. I didn't make contact with anybody. I just did it. They didn't it. warn you that it no. was
2: lawnmower season.
1: But this reminds—Alex brings it up because this is what I used to bring up with Hillary uh, Chabot. Is that uh, like ten years ago? And when you we were living in Melrose, there was everything flooded. Your house probably did too, if you're listening. If you lived up in Massachusetts, everything flooded. Suddenly, there were floods everywhere, and so our basement flooded. Our basement, which never flooded, flooded. And so I'm looking for, I'm looking for a uh, pump, a pump, a water pump for the basement. And I go into this is not the Lowe's guy is like uh, you know we're all we're all I go into the Home Depot pump aisle, and there's a guy standing there in the pump section, like stocking shelves. I'm looking at the water pump section. All the the things are labeled, like water pump, this water pump, this water pump, but those shelves are empty where I'm looking, and I'm looking around, and I'm looking up and seeing if it's on that, like, fourth-story rack up there or wherever it is, and the guy doesn't even make eye contact with me, the associate at Home Depot, and he says, hope you're not looking for water pumps. (laughs) I already had, you know, the make sure so I could eat in front of them. Essentially, <laughs> hope you are not know, looking for water pumps. <laughs> well, as a matter of fact, I was looking for a water pump.
2: What a coincidence! Yeah, Just I'm out of water Half p- of Massachusetts is right. looking for a water He's pump like, right you, now. You
1: you're getting yours now? Right now, <laughs> it, it, we've had three, four, five days of rain here in a, in a row, and you're you're looking for water pump. I'm out of water pumps. I I, I can't tell you. I might try the. Uh, the uh, Derby Wisconsin store, maybe? I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. But it was the whole, yo, hope you're not looking for water pumps. That moment where he got to own me, you know, like stick the knife in a little bit more. Yes, I was looking for water pumps. I'm sorry, Mr. Uh, Home Depot associate who gets to, you know, lord your power over me this one time when a poor fool <laughs> is looking for water pumps, not knowing what the etiquette is, you know? Jesus. Which but reminds the good me.
2: Good news is we got a battery, and you were scared to uh, hook it up because you were afraid you'd be electrocuted. So. Which I
1: want to bring up. The last thing is that the the the, the king of that attitude is uh, I was not scared, Alice. Well, I I didn't want to die, so that's the <laughs> difference. So here's the thing: is that me and my friend John, when we were both like 18 years old, we lived together in a place in Salem, Massachusetts, and his mother had given him. A, I think it was a neck a chain, a gold chain. And we had no money at all. And so me and John went to a jewelry shop to pawn his chain for money. <laughs> and his mother had given him this gold chain. His mother was very sick at the time, who d- died shortly after. We gave him a gold chain, like which meant a lot to John, obviously. But so now we're going to pawn it. So me and John go to the pawn shop. And John's like, oh, yeah, I want to pawn my, my uh, gold chain. And the guy's like, Yep, yeah, takes his thing and says, mm, yeah, I'm not sure that's gold. And John's like, yeah, I know. It's, it is gold. It is gold. My mother got it from me. It is gold. She got it from her jewelry place. He says, yeah, I'm not sure that's. So then he goes and grabs this little uh, eyedrop thing with special <laughs> how to tell if it's gold or not acid in it. And so if it's not gold, it, it acids away the, the, the jewelry. The not gold. Right. So he then grabs his own like gold watch or whatever. And he says, so this will tell you if it's gold or not. And he's got his acid there. He says, okay, does the eye drop thing on these his, his gold watch. He goes, um, mine. And does the eye drop thing on it and it's, and it's fine. Then he does the eye drop thing on John's chain and it sizzles it to death. And he goes, yours, bye-bye yours. Bye bye yours, he said, as he like tossed back their the the remnants of what he thought was a gold chain. Mine? Yours. Bye bye yours. Bye bye yours was the biggest single <laughs> defining moment of maybe John's life. Maybe my life too. Ah.
2: So let's start story. the show, Alice, shall we? <laughs> Sorry, everybody. I apologize.
1: So, I haven't found out anything about much, too much about the shooting in Laguna Woods in California, but there was a shooting in Laguna Woods, California. Obviously, there was a shooting in Buffalo, New York. Yes. Yes. Which, uh, listening to the Sunday shows, is a toxic stew, I believe. It was toxic stew. Toxic stew.
2: Well, and it's crazy because it's like this is the trifecta for liberals, right? They have racism they have guns, and they have online misinformation. So they have all the things. They can go after racism and Tucker Carlson and Donald Trump on that front. They can go after social media and misinformation on and Twitch that allowed the gunman to stream on that front. And they can go after the guns on that front because the shooter conveniently for them in his manifesto spent like 12 pages of his manifesto talking about the particular weapons he used and how easy it was for him to get them as an 18 year old so um this is like they're just Everything that they didn't get when there was like the shooter in DC that didn't turn out to be a white guy or the like parade guy who ran over a bunch of people or the shooter in the Bronx subway. Like everything they didn't get, they finally have it. They finally have it. So now they're saying like, Obviously, they're like, why does it always turn out to be this white supremacist white guy who just goes out? Like, it doesn't always turn out to be that. It turns <laughs> out to be a lot of different things. It's like a lot of different things, a lot of different times, a lot of crazy people with a lot of crazy ideologies try and kill people. It happens quite a bit from a number of ideologies. But, you know, the it always seems to happen this way to them because these are the only ones that they focus on like they've already memory hold the dc shooter who wasn't a white guy or the bronx subway shooter who wasn't a white guy or right. the waukesha parade guy who wasn't a white guy right. and hated white people specifically like that's all gone now for them so as far as they're concerned it's always a white supremacist because all the other ones have been erased for them
1: right and it took very little time for them to make the connections they needed to and this guy was reverend l it made the, the connection that everybody wanted him to, that this guy would have been 15 years old when Donald Trump said, There are five very fine people on both sides. So that's what of the, a
2: statues uh, debate?
1: Alice, that's the revenue. Irreverent- Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. No, I don't question, I don't <laughs> split hairs. They said So that's why this guy got mobilized to do it, because Trump made it okay in 2018 to murder everybody in the name of racism. So that's what we're going with. And this, it's, it's a completely gross, disgusting, and odd leftist turn. The idea, I guess this guy, according to his, first of all, he's a psychotic. Second of all, he wrote racist stuff. He said he had problems with Fox News people, with Jewish people. He had all sorts of, he was, he's a mess. He's a self um, indulgent, psychotic who wanted you to find him interesting. So so and he shot 11 people, two of whom were white.
2: He shot 13, 13 people. Okay. Thirteen people. Two of whom were white. 10 died, yeah.
1: Right, right. The rest were black, and that's obviously tragic, horrible, and awful than the guys at POS.
2: Yeah, and he was definitely targeting black people. I don't think yes. there's any question about that. But, yeah, but he say, also did kill two white people,
1: or, right. or at least one and a half. One's dead and one's not. You know.
2: Right, but you know, I don't
1: the guy's he, a POS, G- given. We got it.
2: So there's, yeah, he, he's a terrible person. I'm fine. Whatever charges they want to press, string him up, go for it. Like, I'm fine. Seek the death penalty. I have no problem. Like, he's a garbage person. Anyone who goes into a supermarket and shoots a bunch of people who are just, like, trying to buy cupcakes for a birthday party or, you know, the, the retired cop who's the security uh-huh. guard at the... At, at the supermarket who by all accounts was a great guy. Like the you're a trash person if you kill people like that and stream it on the internet to watch. And like you said, you're a psycho. Like I don't care if there's a technical mental diagnosis or not or whatever. But like I mean, I want to make a point, I guess, that that the people like this who do things like this are not they're not unique to a particular ideology. And that there are people who who seek out ideologies And choose them to do stuff like this, but would do it for any ideology, right? So this guy, apparently, when he was a younger teenager, like 16, 17, was a socialist and was really into that. And then he got really into, like, the white identity stuff. And, like, he doesn't like Fox News. He had a big problem with Fox News in his manifesto because he says they're, like, run by Jews or have too many Jews on or something. Like, I mean... Whatever it is, he wasn't radicalized by Tucker Carlson, seemingly, because he's not really a Fox News guy, but they're still going to run with that to say that, like, Tucker Carlson's responsible, I guess. But it's just um, interesting to me because I think that a lot of times there are people out there that are... Radical there's this guy David Hines who sometimes writes for like The American conservative I think he Writes for sometimes he's written some stuff Online that I like about In particular like radicalism and Especially leftist radicals like the weather Underground and stuff and and how radicalism works and one of his like big sayings is that radicalism is fungible meaning it can just change from one radical ideology to (laughs) another right that like somebody starts out a radical socialist and they morph into a radical whatever this guy was white identity environmentalist socialist thing like you know and he said in his manifesto he he said like he set it up like an faq like are you right wing yeah, I guess you could say that. Are you left wing? Yeah, I guess you could say that. Like, he's answered both yes. Like, right. he's, it, I mean, the people that do stuff like this aren't motivated by the ideology to do stuff. They seek out an ideology that justifies for them this stuff that they want to do. You know what I mean? So. So he set out Uh, to be a radical, and he found a cause to suit him. Right, but also classic sociopath just
1: wants to be found interesting.
2: Right. So I'm a little bit, I'm interesting. I also find the, like, big thing about the great replacement theory whole thing interesting, because, like we've talked about on this show before, replacement theory, so-called, is something that was touted by the left for decades. Decades. This is something I was taught in school. I still remember like my 7th grade social studies teacher saying this, basically who was a big liberal, saying like, well, there's going to be permanent majorities. Right. Permanent democratic majorities in the US because we're going to become a majority minority country. Uh, you know, in whatever number of years, white people are dying off. They're not reproducing at replacement rates. They're And, you know, we're, there's a bunch of immigrants, people of color, who are, who are reproducing at higher rates, and we're going to become a majority-minority country, and Republicans are never going to be elected again. Right. You know? And this was like a liberal saying this stuff. That's exactly the talking points that this shooter used, and the El Paso shooter used, and the whatever all these people use these... trash people that are into identity politics, whether it's white identity politics or whatever other identity politics, right? That... The left put out here this idea that demographics was destiny. That's their words. That's like the words that I remember being used by liberals when I was in high school, demographics are destiny, saying that there were just going to be so many brown people that, like, Republicans would never win elections again after a certain year, right? This was an idea that was pushed on the left forever, forever. And only when people on the right started pointing to it did it become this, like, weird racist issue and like it's just crazy because they're the freaking racist they're the people who thought well, totally, that they would it- have <clears throat> that they would have quote people of color or whatever voting for them forever right. but it worked
1: closely and conveniently alongside of their encapsulation of the trump support as people a little nervous about right things changing in their you're towns just scared. The, the you're scared you're a little more store. yeah corner convenience store with somebody who doesn't look like you anymore and that's what they that was their empathetic way <laughs> of describing the trump supporters who didn't know any better they're just scared because which is nuts
2: races. because trump people like literally are some of the least racist don't care course, about race people in america of course, they don't
1: have the time to sit in brooklyn lofts talking about race i'm freaking busy working getting after it to trying to make a living trying to like deal with their kid who's got an opioid addiction it's like you think, no you know what they're thinking they're very angry that's why they're in the boats the fleets of trump boats together because they're afraid that the their neighborhoods look a little bit different it's like dude that's on you if you're the race person around here like yeah
2: because they've been sitting around saying we need to make people's neighborhoods look different in order to get democrats elected that's well, like but now and they know, it- say that for freaking 20 years and then all of a sudden they have upset some wackos who apparently don't want their neighborhoods right. to look different or whatever and it's like they're saying Republicans are saying the neighborhoods look different. No, you guys wrought this. This is your problem. Right? You made up the Great Replacement thing. This is all something you guys invented. So stop. Like,
1: and they're also dealing now with a a a, a um a break in the dike uh, because now with Hispanic support for Trump increasing, now it's oh wait, they're getting misinformation. Hispanics are getting misinformation. That's a new rallying cry. There's misinformation going on in Hispanic communities and Latinx communities. Make sure we do something to divert it. There's a problem. There's a problem. There's a problem. So there's a problem with the brown people that they wanted to make sure were just nice, compliant, good Democrats. Now they've got a problem because they're free thinking. Wow. I never feel good, by the way. About. Or safe. about using the word that has to do with the retaining wall at reservoirs i just don't and i hear people say it and i always think that was a near miss sir. especially if it has to do with okay i just don't feel good so there you go take it away else.
2: Um, it is interesting though because i do feel that the democrats have like lost control of the narrative a bit especially because um the Biden administration has just been so terrible. One of the Sunday shows we were listening to, I think it was ABC, that like George Stephanopoulos won. Uh, they were citing a new poll that they had out that has Biden's approval in the 30s. And that's according to them. And this is like Democratic polling yeah. agencies. So that's it's not good. The inflation is terrible. People are really feeling it. Um, and it's, you know, this is real stuff. You can't. You can't fake the inflation stuff to people, right? Like, you can't spin it. No, yeah. And I if wanna... people can't buy groceries, if you can't buy formula for the babies, like, whatever it is, like that's just, that's sort of an undeniable problem.
1: Oh, totally. And I want to just go back to my own market basket, and that's our big grocery store here. At My own market basket. <laughs> I go there just about every day, if not every other day. Experiences. It's almost like a game of Tetris. The way the pasta aisle is being blocked by sometimes an entire brand is missing. Sometimes there's <laughs> only spaghetti from this brand, and they spread it out and, and block it in a thin way to make it look like there's there's yeah. plenty, there's not. Sometimes entire stuff is just gone, gone. For for instance, there was no brand name fettuccine, just gone this week. So there's brand name, uh, you know, normal spaghetti. Which who would choose that ever as your your shape of spaghetti? But, uh, but but it's always changing and it's always drifting and like I'm I, I'm especially I pay astute attention to this stuff. <laughs> I have to, to the pasta as, aisle. Well, I do. Well, all right. But but especially since if you're somebody who who enjoys white clam sauce on pasta, you're used to getting screwed because you know that the kid doesn't give a crap and he'll put the Manhattan clam sauce, the red clam sauce. Behind. He'll block those, he'll block those to the front, and you know the white stuff's in the back. Just a kid who's 18. I'm not. I'm not single out marker basket because they do a great job. But I always find the like, stuff I'm looking for about six feet behind there, but my arms can reach.
2: <laughs> yeah, I have trouble because the clam sauce is always on the high yeah. shelves. If you send me for clam sauce, I can only go so many <sighs> layers back. I can't get at it.
1: Oh, that's one of the good things about my, the last Walmart I went to, I walked out of there with a, Battery and a four-dollar $4 can of Progresso clam sauce. Yeah, so they I was, do have the Progresso, yes. not
2: the Cento, when they do. or the um, what's the other yellow Cento one?
1: Cento is is well, uh, my favorite what's always Ryanzi, t- a Progresso, uh, no, a Progresso, uh, it's a Pastine. Pastine, right? Right. Um. Okay, Alice. So it's it's. I mean, we've got uh, emails to read, and we've got uh, we've got um, the voicemails,
2: chat chat. voicemails. None from Justin, though. Yeah, that's a problem. You see? Justin, you can call back in. No, you've you've uh given
1: them a scarlet letter now.
2: I have? Yes, I I the... didn't give Justin scarlet a scarlet letter. Tom's bike is my favorite caller. I and said that. And my kid's that.
1: favorite caller. Now Tom's bike is gone. Apologize to Justin. All right. Let's go to the
2: We just wanted more people to call in. That's all. That's all.
1: Well, hope you're happy. I didn't do. Here any. we go to the uh, chat. Chat. We uh, yeah. go. Hey, Tom and Alice. I'm not a big conspiracy theory guy. However, I do find it interesting that the biggest baby formula shortage in world history is coinciding with the potential overturning of Roe versus Wade. Is there a correlation there? It's like, well, if you don't have the babies, you don't have to feed them.
2: Ooh, thoughts else? Good point. That's Danny and Belvaice, right?
1: Would you like to address the message?
2: I'm just checking. Um, Yes, I agree. I don't think it's a coincidence. I don't think it's a coincidence. It happens on Mother's Day. I don't think it's a coincidence that the connection of femininity and being a woman to abortion rather than motherhood is a coincidence. I don't think that it's a coincidence that they can do this and then a bunch of leftist activists on Twitter can go see This is why we need the right to abortion. People can't even buy formula. Like, that makes sense. (laughs) um, Yeah, no, I mean, they want you to kill your kids and they want you to define womanhood by that and not by motherhood, which is obviously what is the defining characteristic of womanhood is at least the your body being organized around the. Potentiality of creating other human lives.
1: It is funny because I have noticed a bunch of men, including callers on my radio station, saying, uh "Hello, ladies, you can step up and produce breast milk yourself." I'm like, "Man, <laughs> you ain't married if you're saying yeah, stuff like exactly. that." Let me tell you something. Oh my
2: goodness! Oh my goodness! What a terrible thing to say. Oh. Like, hey, I'm one of the biggest like breast milk partisans out there. You can vouch for this. I'm a big like breastfeeding. I think breastfeeding is awesome. I think it's great. I did it publicly all over the place. Yes. I was like rabid about it. I think breastfeeding is awesome. And I think that everybody who can should do it as much as humanly possible. That being said, uh, a lot of people are in a scenario where they have to go to work for a lot of hours, which makes it tough. A A lot of people have a lot of medical reasons why they can't. There's a lot of reasons. And the industry around... selling breast milk or donating... You can't sell breast milk, first of all. That's not allowed. Mm. You can't breastfeed other people's children. That's not allowed. Wet nursing isn't allowed. Like, I see a lot of people going, what do people do before formula them? Well, they had wet nurses, first of all. And secondly, a lot more kids used to die than die now. Like, sorry, like kids that couldn't figure out how to eat used to just die. We didn't have specialized formulas for them. No, but that was like (sighs) a real... There's a reason why infant mortality has dropped in the last century. Like... Oh, anyway, don't get me started. Hello, Tom and Alice. John in Wakefield here. Hi, John. Not the mole in Wakefield, just proximate, apparently. Mole
0: adjacent, as it were. <laughs> anyway, Tom, I miss your comments on Les Berus. Also uh, requesting addition of Burn Barrel Brigadier stickers in the merch store. Oh, that's, good idea, that's true. A good idea.
2: Or we should just get and, them and send them uh, to uh, our see Burn you Barrel Brigadier. This weekend? If so, let us know your Friday and Saturday coordinates, and um, also don't forget to tell us who to vote for. Thank you. <laughs> I'm going to be there, Tom. I don't think we it's going be we're, there. We may. We're
1: discussing it. I may we're be there. We're discussing there, who's the... going to
2: be there or not, but uh, we're. I'm going to be there for sure. I'm going to be at this. is the
1: Massachusetts State Republican Convention, if Yes. You guys don't know.
2: Yes, yes. Um...
1: Who are you voting for, Alice? I don't even know who's running.
2: Uh, Jeff Deal. I don't know what other options there are for other races. I like I, Jeff. He's a I'm great in, guy. I'm in the Jeff Deal camp, ultimately, for governor. I, you know, I don't know what chance any Republican has this year against Healy. Yeah. It's it's a different world than the world where we got Charlie Baker. It really is. Yeah. And I I don't know how possible anything is. I'm for it. Whatever is possible, and you know, I'm ultimately a deal person. I'm going to be at deals party at the Basketball Hall of Fame on Friday night. Very nice. Um, like I said, just about time for me to get into basketball. I'm it's my it's, exact. They've made the conference finals. I think the Celtics. So, my bandwagon fandom is. Just about ready to begin, so I'm going to visit the Basketball Hall of Fame with Jeff Deal Friday. I'll be at the convention Saturday, and then I'll probably head home at some point after that. I don't know what my plans are then. Hey, Tom and Alice, just hey. uh, catching up on the weekly, on the week's podcast, and I uh, was really kind of taken aback, Tom, at how condescending and dismissive you were towards Alice when she was talking about the Kathy Barnett story. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, you probably want to be careful because she's a step on wife, and you know what she could step on. But oh yeah. man, treat her a little bit nicely, Tom. <laughs> thank Thanks. you, thank you.
1: It's a valid. It's a valid complaint. There are times when I just get purely bitchy. In the podcast, especially that I think that was towards the end, probably.
2: Yeah, and, and I wanted to bring up Kathy Barnett and talk more right. about something, and you were ready to be done. Right.
1: So, so usually when I'm rapping at the end, I'm essentially I'm out. And you so, ask
2: me if I have anything else right. I want to bring up. You don't really mean, Alice. Do you and have then, anything else it, you want to bring up? Well, I mean, it, but
1: sometimes like you want to go in depth about somebody named Kathy Barnett at the end of the thing, where I'm it, there's not much left of me at that point. And so, yes, you are correct about that. I do get salty <clears throat> sometimes, especially if we're if it's the very end and we going on and on and on um, about that. Good catch. Sorry, by the way, about
2: Tom's sniffles. We all have yeah. this cold again, or or it's, really
1: it's like allergies. You guys, I'm sure you, some of you guys have them as well. It's like holy god. Um, that's correct. It was condescending. There is there is uh, no doubt about that. Possibly patronizing. It depends it depends upon. But you know, it's real. I like to keep it real. Did you know that Alice?
0: Also, I've been wondering how that egg of cinnamons tasted.
1: <laughs> that is cinnamon's egg, John. A
2: cinnamon's egg. Their cinnamon's eggs taste great.
1: Oh, we, have- we should tell people there was a homicide. <laughs> oh
2: yes, not of cinnamon. No, cinnamon is still fine.
1: Uh, that head <laughs> doesn't look like a chicken's head anymore. She's
2: still a little. She's still a little off. I keep feeding her stuff. She is eating and drinking on her own, though, which is a big improvement because she was not eating and drinking on her own previously. We're keeping an eye on the situation and are going to supplement her diet if she continues to have issues. Um, She's definitely still a little, like, weak and screwed up. But one of the guinea fowl killed one of the other guinea fowl.
1: Yeah, so it was a prison yard (laughs) shivving. So
2: I, like, saw them fighting... Over in the woods earlier, but I, like, didn't think much of it because it's their spring mating season. They're a little yeah. aggressive. Well, well, but then I, like, called them to come in for the afternoon and only five of the six newer guinea fowls showed up. And it was like, oh, no, where is that one? So I went over that way and, yes, it had been murdered by the other guinea fowl. Found
1: dead in the woods. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> terrible. My goodness. My
2: so if we have an aggressive guinea fowl on our hey hands. Hey,
1: guys. Uh, happy new week. Thank Sunday yeah. here. Um, now, uh, my question regards uh, Saturday Night Live. Tom, we're the same age.
2: Uh-huh.
1: Uh, we all agree it's garbage now. Of course. But um, what was the best time frame, the best era of SNL? And why was it the Phil Hartman years? <laughs> uh, that's all. Have a great week. Thanks. I cannot... Disagree one iota. Correct. It was the Phil Hartman years, and those years, especially, that blended the old crew of Dana Carvey and um, um, sorry about that. Uh, Dana Carvey and Kevin Nealon and Dennis Miller, who who then blended in with the Mike Myers, and then the new crowd, Sandler and Spade, and et cetera. There was a few years where there, they where they were all together, like right around nineteen ninety. Chris
2: Farley was on there too, right? Yes, he that? was. Alice, That's what, right. what years was that?
1: He would probably ninety. Was that the same years or different? He Farley was there. Uh, he and Spade came along around the same okay. time, I think. Uh, yeah, uh, he, Farley was yeah. You know, he was good too. I, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, but but when Farley hit his apex, I was kind of out. By the time ninety three or ninety four rolled around, I was I was just not available to watch TV on a Saturday night. <laughs> I was striking out at bars in Boston. That's what was happening. But yeah, I mean Phil Hartman. I mean she's the old Phil Hartman. Um, Phil Donahue skits were just Phil for five minutes. Come on, Mom, work with her. And he'd have his microphone. It was. I mean if Phil Hartman is a, is a is an absolute American treasure. And it sucks that, that he was shot by his wife. By the way, Alice. I know it makes you excited to think about <laughs> the possibilities. But yes, there you go so that's my time or late '80s, early '90s. Um, I respect some of the people who came subsequent. I, I thought the early, the mid '80s were garbage. I think that was without, uh, um, what's his name, Lauren Michaels. Uh, and and I like, I don't, I think that uh, Rosanna, Rosanna, Danek crap. It doesn't work. I, I guess that's just the wrong time for me. I don't get it. Or the Bumblebees or. Or the, I think that the egg, I'm uh, sorry, the conehead thing, I think that the entire crew should have been arrested for that. It's not funny. <laughs> Subsequently, um, and now it sucks. But the stuff I liked through the 90s, I, I mean, I always loved those guys, David Spade. And the, all those guys, by the way, are all conservatives. <laughs> you know, they really are. They've been, Because culture has moved so much. David Spade, Rob Schneider, uh, all those guys. I would love to talk to them all. I love them. That's a great question. Great question. Alice, would you like to? Because I was called I don't condescending, have anything to, I want to make sure I don't that have,
2: have anything to add. Go ahead, sweetie. All
1: right. Well, that is, would you like to say anything about Kathy Barnett, since we're wrapping up here? You
2: know what? Maybe I'll do it on the other side in the Patreon show. Sounds like a good idea. Thank you so much for uh, oh, listening. Oh, we
1: emails to read.
2: Oh, right. Emails. Okay. Sorry.
1: Or should we boot those tomorrow?
2: No, let's do a couple emails okay. now before we head to the Patreon show. Hang this is going to be
1: one of those situations where, once again, this file is too big for me to save. It's going to take me 45 I'm sorry.
2: minutes.
1: It's okay. That's, no, it's just what it is, guys, is I have a MacBook Air from 2013, which makes it nine years old, and it's just out of memory. and so, so Audition tries to find 18 ways to not be able to save files, and so part of my workflow here is finding a way around that. You have better things to do than care about that, though. Are you ready, mm-hmm. else?
2: Yes, I'm ready. Um. So Pete writes to us. By hey the way, guys. I want
1: to say that we got an email from Carrie as well, which we won't talk about. But Carrie, I will have you know mm-hmm. that from my perch at the Park View Apartments in Winchester, Massachusetts, uh, I was I could see the vast uh horizon, and uh, I was probably um you know where they are is what I'm saying. I'm familiar with your uh, area, Carrie. So there you go. Um.
2: Okay. So let's see. Where was I? I was in Pete's email. Pete writes, hey, guys, love the podcast. I've become an avid daily listener and devout shathead. Just ordered a zip hoodie. Thanks so much Good for man, adding Pete. those. Thank you. I'm a nurse, and in light of your recent conversations about health, equity, preferential treatment in the form of CRT reparations, I'm surprised the Healing Arc program at BWH does not get more attention. Seems like a blatant violation of civil rights and medical ethics to me. There were some people protesting out in front of BWH not too long ago, but were quickly deemed racist
1: <laughs> groups. I'm sorry, is BWH Brigham and women's?
2: I think so. Okay. Um, that's my understanding they were quickly deemed racist groups by the Globe, GBH, etc. Jim and Marjorie had on Art Kaplan, who amazingly is a medical ethicist, yes,
0: it is. Okay.
2: that wrote a piece saying it was justified to refuse care to the unvaccinated, and of course he was fine with it, stating something to the effect of white people have gotten plenty of good care. I'm not <laughs> worried about white people. Oh, that's great. I tried to call her did i get through. However, I do harass him my email regularly. In a nutshell, they're attempting to right the wrongs of the past by implementing reparations in the form of admitting black and Latinx I can't believe I wrote an X patient over white patients in the cardiac unit since they theorize the opposite happened in the past due to institutional racism. Well, as long infections. as they
1: theorize that.
2: Interestingly, they do not note that the white patients were better self-advocates, which may have just. Dis- Contributed to the discrepancy The whole mission statement justification by the Boston Review is astounding but this is the money quote Offering preferential care based On race or ethnicity Sorry may elicit legal challenges from our System of colorblind law But given the ample current evidence That our health judicial and other systems Already unfairly preference people Who are white we believe following The ethical framework of Zach and others That our approach is corrective and therefore Mandated Holy hell in other words, we, we know it's illegal, with this, Allison, but we're of me still talking doing about it Walmart anyway. for 45 minutes. We encourage other institutions to proceed confidently on behalf of Let's... equity and racial justice while backing provided by recent oh White God. House executive orders.
1: Uh, can you send this to me? I want to read this on my uh, i radio show tomorrow. Thank
2: you, Pete, for forwarding this. Wow. S., um he writes, "We have three kids, chickens, ducks, rabbit, dog, fish, nice. etc. thus we are also regular drinkers of stupidly expensive beer. Now, we all have COVID too."
1: Sorry about that. (laughs) Hey, Pete, let us know the pluses and minuses of the ducks, because we don't have a body of water here. Yeah,
2: we don't have water. We've heard there's other ducks that
1: don't even need water that are awesome, though.
2: Forwarding that along to you. Okay. I also have an email from Matt who's writing about the shipping strike. and He says, do you know if the unions for dock workers are public sector or private? I only ask because if they are private, I'd be less concerned than if they were public simply for the matter that they're at least bargaining against an employer, not a taxpayer. Just curious. Keep up the good work. Uh, and then... Do we know? <laughs> I believe I they're, believe they're I believe private, private sector yeah. union unions. However, um, they are part of... Really, the uh, national transportation system that's so heavily regulated and that Biden and Pete Buttigieg have a lot of control over that, you know, I do tend to think overall that the issue um, of the ports in particular is is an issue that's very affected by our national policy so when you're striking against running the ports efficiently you are striking against the national interest in a way that's similar to the way a public sector union would you know you're not the hostess factory workers striking against making twinkies for the day you're the factory workers striking against like products going on to any store shelves all across america kind right of. gotcha so that's that's my view is <laughs> i yes i believe they are technically private but i almost see it as a sort of semi because it is such yeah. a heavily regulated well, they, they industry the,
1: the infrastructure in the yeah, it, yeah
2: it's it's related to infrastructure so i do think that it's sort of a semi-public thing but which was like that—that was the Reagan point about the striking against. That's what he did to the air traffic controllers, right? Is that, Correct. you know, it's like striking against the country. Like you can't do that. Um, but yeah, so I see your point, but I do think that even though I think they are technically private, I think it's, it's sort of, um, you know, semi-public at the same time. Tommy in New Hampshire writes. Uh, he has a suggestion for a possible work situation for me. He says, Alice founds a company called Alice Co. Sports. She hires Tom early on. They become the primary force behind the company. The business grows into a monster. Alice hires many 20-somethings for social blogging and podcasts. Three of these people become entangled in relationships. One of the three is a longtime employee. Let's give them fictional names. Rhea, Marty, and Hank, long-time employee. Rhea, Hank, date for four years. They break up, and very soon after that, Rhea and Marty begin dating. Word gets out, causing a huge rift in the company, especially Tommy, becomes very upset with Marty and Rhea. These people are at various stages of contract. Hank is basically untouchable because of the loyalty to his tenure. What does Alice, as founder and CEO, do in this situation?
1: Wow. Uh, does, does Does this ring a bell? Is there a Rhea happening somewhere?
2: Is this a barstool sports thing, possibly? Oh, it's oh, an Alice Post I sports, see. I'm I see. I'm assuming this is a reference to something oh, at barstool. Ah,
1: it is a typical guy foul to, uh, we used to call it coughing, um, which is oh no, it wasn't coughing. Coughing we used to call coveting of a failed investment. That was when uh, one guy in the group, when we were single, this is 20 years ago. One guy in the group was hitting on a girl, and it wasn't working. And then another guy would swoop in and pick her up. It's kind of a backstabby thing. That was called a coffee that we had. I don't know. We, we definitely had a name for if you were dated somebody's ex, that was that was verboten. That is terrible. That is toxic. So yeah, they should they should uh savage him. So I would yes, call for the yeah. In
2: general, I'm not a big fan of people at work dating as a boss.
1: Yeah, no, but not. no but but oh, no, dude, oh, I, I I I wanna revamp what I'm saying. Rhea is the troublemaker in this. She knows that she's humiliating this other guy by now publicly in work, sleeping with a new guy in work in front of everybody. She's the she devil. She is a witch. She should be treated like the Salem witch witches. Correct. That is it. Can we go now?
2: Yes. Let's head over to the Patreon show. I have more to talk about Jeff Bezos. Um, They, them situations, other things. So we'll get to that in the Patreon show you can play the music thank you for listening as always if you want to hear us on patreon we do produce an extra mini show there each week that is patreon.com slash burn barrel you can find us there you can always find us for free on twitter at burn facebook.com slash burn barrel podcast at burn you can leave us those voice messages justin come back we do love you seriously we love your characters Uh, You can also, at burnbarrelpodcast.com, find all the places to listen.
0: Mother Road. Hold up.